Welcome to Currency Shift, the podcast where we showcase and share insights from first, only, and the disruptive. These are people who are creating new lanes and carving new paths for women, people of color, and diversity and inclusion. My name is Shade Simone. Let's get started. On today's show, we have Chantel George. Chantel George is the founder and CEO of Sisters in Sales Incorporated. She created Sisters in Sales because she noticed a deficiency when it came to women of color in professional sales positions. Chantel previously had senior level positions at Yelp, JustWorks, and That's a Minor within their sales organization. She also created and executed diversity and inclusion programs at her previous companies. And in her commitment to professionalism and diversity, she is a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and NAMIC. We have Chantel George in the house. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited for you. So Thank before you. we begin, we have to do our traditional, you guys know what it is. You have to cheers. Oh, okay. Let's clink, clink. Yeah. Got it. Cheers. Take Thank a little you. sippy sip. This is nice. Mm. Yeah, it's good, right? It's mm-hmm. strong, so. Mm. Okay. Like, have, like, certain parts during the interview... They'll yeah. know when it's hitting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have Chantel George in the house. She's the CEO and founder of Sisters in Sales. She's one of my really good friends. Known her for about four years. So I'm excited to help her share her story with all of you. Um, before we really dig deep into what you're currently doing and the future, let's take like five steps back and really understand you and who you are and how you even came to be in this situation. So tell us a little bit about what were your aspirations when you were younger? Yeah. Okay. That's a really good question. Um, so I was born in the Bronx. I think we have to go that far back to get to aspirations. <laughs> I was born in the Bronx um, to a dad that was retired, but uh, he basically quit working nine to five corporate and he wanted to open up his own business. So he's retired in that aspect, but he was an entrepreneur at the same time. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a nurse. So, um, like, working really closely with my dad and, like, helping him on his harebrained schemes and helping him, <laughs> whether it's, like, flipping homes, like, buying homes, fixing them up and flipping them, or, um, you know, being a contractor, whatever it was, like, it was really inspiring to watch him take something into nothing, even though he wasn't working, like, a regular job. So that actually rubbed off a lot on me and made me want to be an entrepreneur at a really young age. So my aspiration from, I guess, five years old was to own my own business, do my own thing, you know, uh, create my own goals, uh, have my own team. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started doing it really young. So I, you know, would like I would learn piano from my teacher, like my music teacher. And then I would teach that lesson to the neighborhood kids for money. She was a hustler, like a true boogie down Bronx hustler. So I I think there's something there that I want you to like really kind of put emphasis on for those people out there who are parents. 
Because it sounds like you learned how to us hustle from watching, not necessarily your father saying or telling you what to do. It was your observation of what he was doing, which yes. is really interesting. Yes, yes. I'd watch him. You know, we would drive by, you know, around the block together and he would point out homes that he could fix. Mm-hmm. So he knew what his um, he knew what his capacity was. You know, when you know what your capacity is, you know what your threshold is, it makes it really easy for you to achieve your goals. Mm. So Wait, say that again. If you know your capacity, right, yes. and what your threshold is. So, for example, we're not driving around picking, like, a commercial building with, like, 12 stories and going, oh, I can fix it myself. Mm-hmm. No, we're looking at homes that, like, have a couple of things wrong with them that he could fix, turn around, and sell for a profit. So he knew himself really well, and that inspired me to know myself really well and understand what my strengths are. Mm. I feel like there's going to be a lot of like repeat aha moments as Oprah calls them from the show. <laughs> but you point on something very, very important is knowing yourself, like yeah. having that self-awareness. So tell us how. OK, so you went and you started uh, selling piano lessons, yes. <laughs> which is really smart. Yeah. yeah modern day MLM scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so from there. Like, how did you shift? Like, at what point when you were younger did you realize that, okay, I am going to be, I'm going to follow my father's example and I'm going to actually do this for real, for real? Okay, great question. So I went to boarding school. My mom passed away and my dad couldn't deal with it Mm -hmm. himself. So he wanted me to be in boarding school so that he could have the flexibility to travel around and to continue his real estate business. Um, In boarding school, it was around the time when YouTube and social media was becoming really popular. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of information out there. So you could research and teach yourself pretty much anything out there. So it was prom season coming up and all the girls wanted to get their hair done. So I was like, well, I should teach myself how to do it. So I went on YouTube and I like would teach myself how to do it, how to do it, and I started to do it for them. So I started one prom season. I had like two girls, like twenty dollars a piece. Next year I was doing like twelve to fifteen girls, uh, twenty twenty five dollars a piece, depending on what they wanted. And then oh, wow. I took the pictures from that prom, you know, thing. I took those photos and I put them on a site called Model Mayhem. And mm-hmm. then I started getting contacted to do professional photo shoots. What? And then I started going. I did hair for, like, Jasleen from America's Next Top Model. I did hair for, like, these R&B artists. I was on tour, all from YouTube and, like, self-learning. So the key thing from that whole story is seeing an opportunity and capitalizing on mm-hmm. it. And not just waiting for somebody else to, but taking it in your own hands to actually learn what it is that you need to learn in order to be successful in that opportunity, Mm -hmm. which I think is really good. One thing that I like is that you said to scale, and that's basically what it is to scale, you took advantage of social media Mm -hmm. and started posting your work, and that's where you were able to, like, climb and have all the success. Tell us about how social media helped you during that time period like what platform was the most important at that time for you and then how did you use your your networks to really grow where you were on tour uh facebook was probably a big deal Mm -hmm. um because everyone knows someone who knows someone who can help you it's the six degrees of separation right Mm -hmm. like you do hair someone knows someone that needs to get their hair done now all of a sudden you're booked and the cycle you know repeats itself so um I think Facebook was really huge for me. I think uh, constantly 
re-discussing uh, my brand every chance I get mm-hmm. because it starts to fuse within you. Like, you're, you can be Chantel that, um, you know, is a high school student, or you can be Chantel that is a hairstylist for the celebrities. It all depends on how you want to put yourself and how you want to advertise yourself and yeah. position yourself. You determine how people see you and how people interact with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wait, say that again for them? It's true. You determine how people interact with you. You determine how people see you. You are your brand. Yes. They're not two separate things. So... Yeah, Facebook definitely. You know, I started to change how I interacted on Facebook, by the way. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with, like, making jokes on Facebook or cursing and, and being an individual. But you're when you're tied to a business, that business is you. So I started changing how I was interacting on Facebook, the type of posts I would put, the type of things I would retweet or, re- or, or share, repost, and things like that. So from a young age, you were very, very aware of the importance of your presentation online and offline. Definitely. Okay, perfect. So at what point did you shift from the hair industry into sales? Well, you know, being a, like a, a hairstylist entrepreneur, you're still selling yourself. So I wouldn't say it was like a major shift. It just is, mm-hmm. I'm just selling something different. So um, through college, I thought I was going to be a lawyer because I always thought, you know, lawyers are just selling a case or they're selling, you know, their client, what have you. So it's still sales. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I applied to Yelp and (laughs) got in and I could completely forgot I applied to Yelp because I didn't really know what the site was at the time. So I was like sleeping and then they called me and they were like, oh, you're you know, this is your phone screen or your phone interview. And I was like, what? What's that? Like, <laughs> um, anyway, so, um, but selling selling Yelp, selling hair, selling what have you is all the same thing. It's presentation. It's, it's, it's strong communicative skills and things like that. So it doesn't matter what exactly you're selling. Um, so I, I guess to answer your question, I never really transitioned from one area to the other area. I've really been selling all my life. Yeah, so you just grew into something a little bit more specific. Yeah that you could do on a regular basis that you saw growth. Yeah, yeah, or or the product saying to me, it, it, it made sense to me, so I was confident in selling it. All right. Well, when you did the lateral move, when you grew and expanded from hair into actual products and, and like, SaaS and all mm-hmm. that stuff, yeah, at what point mm-hmm. did you realize, okay, I'm at this level, but I see less of me? I mean, it, it, it kind of happens everywhere. I mean, it's... In boarding school, there are not a lot of people that look like me running around. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it started there, you know, it kept going. So I think I just got accustomed to being the only one in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the personal brand. So I'm proud to be the only one in the room because it gives me opportunity to recondition how people think about black women. Mm-hmm. Every opportunity that I'm the only one in the room gives me the opportunity to to teach them a different way to see me and to see my other sisters, you know, other black women around the world. Yeah. So same thing goes when you're traveling. When you're the only one, you know, in the middle of Thailand, you have the opportunity to shape, to shape how people see black women exactly. internationally. So it's not a bad thing. Um, it is frustrating, of course, sometimes because you do want more diversity in your workplace. Mm-hmm. You're thankful that you got to that point, but you want to open the door and bring more people in. And not everyone can see the business case. Right. But, you know, that's, you know, that's a fight that, that we're consistently fighting. Okay. Like, what were some pivotal moments in your career that helped you finalize and decide to start such a dynamic organization like Sisters and Sales? Okay. 
Um, going back to being raised by Caribbean parents, the only two careers that they told me I should do is like doctor or lawyer. Hold it. Tell them a little bit about what what part of the Caribbean you're from. Dominica. So my dad's from Dominica, which okay. is a, a small French island between Martinique and Guadeloupe. My mom was from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And they didn't grow up with, you know, knowing the plethora of careers that are out there. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows two careers, doctor and lawyer. Um, so as I continued this journey of sales and I started to get more into it and I started to kind of ask more questions like, how much is so-and-so making and how big is that deal and what does that commission look like? And like I started thinking about it and I was like, wait a second, you can make a lot of money in this job. Yeah. And nobody really knows that. I'm telling you sales is where it's at. Yeah, sales is where it's at. So you don't know. You don't know that as a kid growing up. So you have to kind of start and do some more discovery. So that inspired me to go, okay, a couple of things. I'm the only one in my company, but I know that there are other women that are experiencing the same thing. So I can create a sisterhood Yes. just based upon that. Two, there are women that may not know that sales can be as lucrative and we need to educate them because they can have – they can be working towards quite large salaries and a new lifestyle, but they don't know what they don't know. So the the two things that we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, we started with the sisterhood. We started with ten women, and then the next event we had about sixty women, and then the last event we just had we have eighty five women that showed up. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting requests from our partners asking us about chapters in London, chapters in San Francisco and Atlanta. So it's really pushing us to find more. Um, I'd like to say that in this instance, women of color in sales are finding us yes. because. Of uh, of the of the climate as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. So Chantel George is our first only and disruptive. So she is the first uh, triple crown that we have that fits in all three categories. She's the first uh, person to start an organization that is for sales specifically for women of color. She's the only organization that's out there that is focused on um, having more women in sales of color and then she's disrupting a whole industry by putting more opportunities out there for women of color in sales so i'm super excited to talk to you more so about your social currency right so social currency is building social networks to gain access influence and resources and networking in the digital space that affects a person online and offline With your social media, you have over 2,000 followers on Instagram and over 2,000 followers on LinkedIn, plus over 500 connections. How are you using your Instagram and your LinkedIn to really bridge and build connections online and offline? Okay, good question. Um, Let's start with LinkedIn. Yeah. Because LinkedIn is a really interesting beast, you can connect with someone professionally, mm-hmm. send them a message. Next thing you know, you're having coffee with them, picking their brain, <laughs> right? And next thing you know, maybe you have a referral right. to their company. I think LinkedIn is um, is a social platform that, I don't know, I, I kind of still feel that it's underrated. Yes. I, I don't know if people are aware of the fact that posting something, for example, about the professional organization, SIS, posting something on LinkedIn about a next event will inspire a lot of people to come to it off the strain that it's on LinkedIn versus seeing it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter because we know those are social sites. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have a business and you really want to scale it and get more business-minded people in the door, you should absolutely leverage LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. If you have 
a business that has a social aspect to it and you're looking to throw mixers and you're looking to throw events, you should be leveraging Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it depends on what you're looking for, but I've used both of them quite frequently. Um, at my last event, a lot of women came up to me and said they found me on from Instagram. Women um, flew from like Georgia and Ohio mm-hmm. saying they found me from LinkedIn. So it's a couple of different things. I think LinkedIn creates credibility for your business because you can see the titles of the people that are commenting. Mm-hmm. You can see, you know, um, the, the the comment stream will show you the conversation that you have and it, it puts your professional best foot forward yes. versus on Instagram you speak a little bit more colloquially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. So, like, everything isn't bells and whistles when you start a, a business, more or less a, a organization to your size, to the size that you have. Like, tell us a little bit about what type of struggles you've encountered and how you've kind of, like, pushed past. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, right now, diversity and inclusion is a buzzword. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies are seeing a group like ours and going, oh, perfect. Come to our company, throw a panel, our problems are solved. And that's <laughs> One, not two, how three. it works, right? So, And also, we're not to be tokenized that way. And not that I don't want to work with, with partners and sponsors. I love them. I adore them. Without them, we wouldn't be here where we were today. But mm-hmm. I like to respectfully push back and ask, what diversity inclusion initiatives do you have going on in your company right now? Don't worry about me as an external partner yet. What have you done to fix your own home? What have you done to make sure that you are in line mm-hmm. internally before you work externally. So it might come across like I'm turning down the business, but I'm saying I need you to take a look within first. Have you even started to try an ERG or create an ERG? Have you even thought about hiring a diversity and inclusion specialist? Yes. If you haven't started doing that, and now you're looking externally for, you know, an organization like myself to fix your problems, we're not going to get off on the right foot. And I like how you're doing that deep dive because it's it's like, no, this isn't a one one fix all type situation me coming in doing a panel <laughs> you're actually trying to make businesses and companies and brands really look at themselves and say okay what else can i do to sustain like if i do bring in three women of color like what am i doing to actually make them feel so supported and then also what am i doing to help grow their career mm-hmm. so that they're actually not just an account executive but at the end of the year they're like a senior or a director or some mm-hmm. that's that's really good so when you're having these conversations with these companies i know that it can be taxing Right. Mm -hmm. And you can there's a little bit of encourage, but then there might be some discouragement that occurs. So what do you do to, like, maintain like your mental health with all of this? Because it's like you're in like three, three different Mm -hmm. worlds right now with Mm -hmm. trying to build, grow, but also sustain and make sure that people are getting the core message of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, time management, (laughs) number one, um, every minute of the day is allocated. That allows me to feel at peace. Okay, I know that I'm not going to get any curveballs. Or at least if I do, I know where to place it in my schedule. Mm -hmm. So I I calendar for the entire week first. Then the second thing is I I really meditate between transitions. So like after this podcast, I'm going to go meet a friend later in the afternoon. So between now and then, I'll find some time to recenter myself. Did mm-hmm. I achieve all the things I wanted to do this morning? Yeah. You know, did what's on the docket for this afternoon? So I'm not letting any minute or any hour go by without me making sure I'm maximizing the most out of it. And that actually makes me feel less anxious. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that is important because anxiety and and like feeling disorganized mm-hmm. can be damaging to mental health for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the things that you do to celebrate your wins? Mm. Yeah, so I like to travel. <laughs> yeah, um, I like to travel. I like to get lost in a city. Um, I like to um, have some alone time. So, for example, I, I did travel for work a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was trying to rally my team to hang out. And, and sometimes, you know, it's the universe will speak to you and, and just tell you that you need to be alone. You know when sometimes you're trying to pull your friends to go do something and they're just not budging and like, <laughs> right? You're like, oh, I want to go to this brunch and I want to invite all my friends and like you're just like not getting all the feedback. That's the universe telling you just be alone, <laughs> just yes. just be by yourself for a little bit. And it's okay, you know? right? Exactly. Just hear your own thoughts. Look up into the sky. You know, center yourself. So I'm, I'm I don't go against the grain when things like that happen. You just go with the flow yeah. and take it as the universe telling you just to be still. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um, I, I do a mixture of things. So mm-hmm. I do try to meditate. Um, I don't know if I'm doing it right, but it feels right to me. <laughs> like, I don't know if I go to a class and I start my version of meditating that they'll be like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> but it works for me. Um, and then I find like just being out in nature, Yeah, you know, sitting at the park or like going for a walk, a 10 minute walk is always rare, like just it just calms and relaxes you. Mm-hmm. Um, with you, you have the hustle, you have the travel. Tell us a little bit about what you do for travel because you have this mission that I think yeah. is worth saying because mm-hmm. a lot of people of color, a lot of women, they is not they don't travel enough or have like bigger goals. Like you hear people saying, "Oh, I want to go to Jamaica, I want to go to Greece, yada yada yada." Like the the whatever country is in season to go to that people mm-hmm. are talking about mm-hmm. and Instagramming. Yeah. That's where everybody wants to go. But tell us a little bit about your mission when it comes to travel. Yeah, so the mission is 30 countries before 30 years old. The mission is also to push myself out of my comfort zone so I don't I don't get excited anymore about like going to very well populated places or places that everybody has been there thousands of times but new places where you know I can try new foods or I can understand the culture a little bit more is really interesting to me I also have a like an anthropological spirit so I like understanding culture and mm-hmm. I feel like we're all connected. So, like, if we spend more time traveling to other countries and meeting people, you kind of see a little bit of yourself in them, too. Mm-hmm. And it starts to help you piece together uh, the world and how, you know, we are all brothers and sisters of one another. So um, that's what inspires me to go. Like, for example, when I went to Colombia and I'm seeing these women mm-hmm. that are Colombian but are also black and, you know, it's like seeing yourself again. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to hear about the history and, and the, the diaspora and how we all have been split around the, the world is, is also interesting, too. So um, I, I I attack travel with um, uh, a different lens. So not just to kind of like party and hang out all night, but to really like understand how people are really living here, because I think that helps me stay focused, too. Yeah. You know, when you when you come back from travel, say you, you go to a part of the world that is not as wealthy as New York City and you see how people mm-hmm. are living there, it makes you think a little bit differently about your problems. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Like having perspective, mm-hmm. like the problem that I have right now, 
with my rent being ridiculously high. Like, New York, y'all need to do something about that. Like, I just really <laughs> don't understand. Yeah. Like, why is it so high? Like, I could go to North Carolina and buy a house for 2100 and, yep. like, be living, like, really nice. I could have land. Yep. I could have a, a baseball field in my... Okay, yes. it's not yeah. that Well, big, maybe... But, yeah, you're right. But it's... <laughs> I'm over here like, yes, yes, wait, no, no. But... You know, but putting it in perspective, mm-hmm. there are other places where what I have in my apartment, they may not. Yeah, exactly. You know, like all of the perks and stuff. So that's great. What how what number are you on for your countries? Like how many countries have you visited? I think right now I'm at 22. 22? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm at 22. So um, I want to go to Africa mm-hmm. next. I think that I feel like I have to be like mentally prepared for that. I don't know what it is. I feel like I feel like I have this dream, right? I've always had this dream. I feel like I'm gonna get there. Everyone's gonna be like, "You're home." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I have that dream, but I feel like it's gonna be emotional. I feel like yes. it's gonna take me some time to kind of digest it. You know, I've been watching a lot of like travel vlogs and reading a lot of travel blogs, and and I feel I feel like it's gonna be a really big life changing thing. So. Um, I want to prepare myself for that. And I think that's a perfect fitting is the fact that you love travel and just understanding different cultures. Because in a sense, like, that that attaches itself to what you're doing with Sisters and Sales. You're mm-hmm. building communities, right? And all over the world, people sell. Like, mm-hmm. sell is like an international thing. It's mm-hmm. universal. Like, yeah. you have to sell. Mm-hmm. So having your understanding of different cultures, you can actually, when you do launch in London, mm-hmm. when you do launch in Africa, when you mm-hmm. do launch in all these other places, it's just going to be spectacular. And I'm excited for you for to have that. So you've lived, a, like... An impressive journey. Like, if you guys want to read more about her journey, you can go to sistersandsales.com and read the blog. It's the happy birthday one where yeah. it kind of gives you, like, a, a mini bio. Yeah. <laughs> right? But if you could think of all the advice that you've received, but then also think of all of your experiences, and you had to put one piece of advice, just one, one piece of <laughs> advice on a Post-it note to have on your desk what would it be? The act first. Act first. Say, you know, say, say that again one more time. Act first. Just act first. You got that gut instinct to do something. Yeah. Just do it. And everything else will fall into place. I can promise you that. I like that. Mic drop on that. <laughs> act first. Yeah. Right? Um, my One of my mentors used to say, uh, what did she say? I forgot now. Look. Guys, this champagne is strong. I I don't know if I'm slurring or if you can fully understand what I'm saying here. But she is, bear with me. She used to say, ask for forgiveness, mm-hmm. not for something. What is permission. That? There we are. Mm-hmm. So ask for forgiveness, not for permission, which I think that goes right in hand with the act first. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Like Nike. Yeah, Shout like outs to Nike. Nike. <laughs> Wait, no shout outs to Nike unless no. you're sponsoring. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Paid sponsorships only. <laughs> All right. So this is this is this part where it's called the speed round, right? I'm just going to give you a question or give you um, a word mm-hmm. and just respond with the first name that comes to mind, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah? You ready? Yeah. You, you need to take a sip? Like, you good? I'm good. This champagne is strong, but it it's is. good. All right. What gets you out of bed? Uh, oh, that's hard. Little wins. Okay, little mm-hmm. wins. 
Favorite band? Ooh, I don't know if I listen to band, music with bands, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it could be an artist or whatever. But like, you know who gets me? Adele. Adele? Or yeah, or I get her because she don't know me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adele. Yeah, I like Adele. I like Adele. I like Adele. Uh, I don't know if I should like share that story on air, but yeah, I'll save that for another episode. But when when you like you know yeah, and you listen to Adele. It just, the music just sounds so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. <laughs> She's my favorite to listen to in that state. Okay. Yeah. You got to try know. it. Just one time try it. Noted. All right. Uh, favorite drink? Lately, I have been drinking, I think, with, uh, Moscow Mule. I think you put me onto that. Okay. Moscow yeah. Mule. All right. Mm-hmm. I like the, the the whiskey version, the Kentucky Mule. Okay. And I'll I, try that. Yeah. We have to put you onto that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, role Models. My mom, mm-hmm. yeah. Even though she's not here, like I still feel driven by her. So yeah, we share that connection. Like yeah. when I first met Chantel, that was something that we kind of bonded over. Is we mm-hmm. both lost our mothers at a young age, mm-hmm. and they both instilled like this hustle and drive. Yeah. To accomplish, my mom gave me a list because she knows that's how I work. Mm-hmm. I work off a list, of outlines, and stuff. Yeah, and it took me twenty years. <laughs> but you had guidance, you had structure, yeah. you knew what you were shooting at. Exactly. All right. Luxury item. Hmm. Well, I went to a, I mean, I don't own this. Can this be <laughs> what I would like to own? It's whatever. Okay. Because I went to a conference the other day and it was an aviation conference and yeah. I was sitting in a private jet. So now all I think about now is like private jet. Yeah. I got a chance to taste it. Now I want to work towards it. So yeah. I would love that. No, I saw that picture of the jet too. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, that's the life." I want a jet. You know, I watched it on um, the life of the extreme. It's like some television show mm-hmm. where it's like the next level of yeah. extreme luxury, and they had this like. You guys remember, uh, f- like, what is it? Fix my car or something mm-hmm. with pit exhibit? My ride. Yeah, pit my ride. Mm-hmm. They had a version pit my jet. Uh- it was souped out. It had beds. It had TVs. Yep. It had like a. It was the, mm, the jet that I was in had a full living room, master bedroom. I thought I saw a jacuzzi in the back. Could be wrong, <laughs> but I don't know. My eyes were spinning. So. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was a jacuzzi back yeah. there, man. Like the amount of wealth that can be attained is ridiculous. Absolutely. So I love what you're doing with sales. All right, let's continue. Um, favorite food? Oxtail. <sighs> Myrna put me onto oxtail. Mm-hmm. I love me some oxtail. Yeah, I can't. I can't go without it. Like at first, I was like oxtail mm. eating a tail. Like, but I never really so thought good. about it that way. Growing up, it just—it's one of those <laughs> words normal. you don't think about. Yeah. You know, it could have been anything. <laughs> All right, favorite country to visit? Dominica, because that's where my dad is from, and I'm I'm very connected there. All right, best way to give back? Your time. Mm. Say that again. Your time. Yes. People underestimate the importance of time. Yes, they do. Time. All right. Retirement place? Mm. Orlando now. What? (laughs) Girl, they have a lot of theme parks. They have a lot of food places. I could live that life. I could just go to Disney Universal, SeaWorld, go out to eat at Bahama Breeze. I could see myself (laughs) doing that. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what's so crazy is I was like, what am I going to do differently for my birthday this year? Because birthdays to me are like huge celebrations. And I was like, you know what? Let's go to Disney World. See? You know, like, because they have new stuff, guys. Like, it's so cool. They have these little wristbands where you don't need tickets and you just scan yep. your way through the park. They have new exhibits. I get excited. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's another show. All right. Cartoon. Oh, The Simpsons. I've watched every episode. Yes. I remember running home from school just to catch The systems. The mm-hmm. Simpsons. Mm-hmm. This was before a DVR. Mm-hmm. So you had to have the VH1. 7 o'clock. <laughs> 7 o'clock Jeopardy. 7.30 The Simpsons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love The Simpsons. Uh, drama. Like my favorite drama? Drama. What comes to mind when you hear the word drama? This Is Us. Oh, my gosh. I'm into that show. This Is Us and 911. Mm, I don't know 911. I need to get on that. The last episode for this, for This Is Us, no spoilers, was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, with This Is Us, I have to really be in an emotional state to watch it. Like, mm-hmm. I have to be really prepared. And then afterwards, I end up watching cartoons. Hmm. I do that with How to Get Away with Murder, too, because it's kind of scary. Like, like How to Get Away with yeah. Murder is kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. It's yeah. not scary, scary. Like, oh, my gosh, I need to, like, turn on the nightlight. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's scary because of the content. Like, mm-hmm. it's so dark. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. That Law and Order is really heavy. Yes. When oh. I was living alone watching Law and Order, I was like, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> I think. think think about it this way. I moved to New York, and I was watching Law and Order. I was mm. so paranoid walking around my neighborhood. I was like, okay, I have to like cut off Law and Order for yeah, a while. Yeah, it gets to you. It does. Comedy. Um, comedy seller comes to mind because um, I... I went to school for film and television, mm-hmm. and then after that, I was a stage manager. And I was a stage manager at a playhouse next door to Comedy Cellar. Mm-hmm. So I was always seeing what the new comics were. I was, like, in the buzz of, like, up-and-coming mm-hmm. entertainment. Nice, nice. I have I have yet to go to, like, well, I went to Lil Duvall's show. That okay. was my first, like, live comedy. Cool. He has that new song, right? Yeah, Smile. Is he a, a rapper now? I I don't know. I think <laughs> I think he just has a good hit. I I don't I don't think has I, he done, mm, nah. He's not <laughs> no 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 no. It's like a playful like I think it was a song and fun. Oh okay. That actually just took off. You know how Kevin Hart does that chocolate whatever like it is? parody songs like no like Kevin Hart has an um, alter ego that's what? a rapper. Like so he plays this this um, alternative character that is a rapper. I forget his name. It's Chocolate something. I don't know. I never heard about this. This is... <laughs> I need to look into that. Yeah. All right. What is happiness? Mm, being in my bed. Mm. And, like, just resting. I think as we get older, we find more appreciation for our beds. Yeah. Than we ever have. Yes. Because when you're doing a lot and you're trying to, like, like... When you're doing a lot and you're trying to rule the world take over and just like manifest all of your your dreams and beliefs mm-hmm. it's it leaves little time for your bed yes yeah and it's just so nice to kind of walk in like the first second you turn the door walk in you're like <laughs> it's done because that means everything is done yes yeah that's good well is there anything else you would like the listeners to know you know going back to what you asked me about um pieces of advice act now I don't put a lot of pressure on myself for, you know, how successful, because, like, that's all relative. How successful is something mm-hmm. going to be? How amazing it's going to be? 
Um, I just tell myself to try it first. And again, if things align, take those as signs. Just look for little signs every day that you're you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and that propels me. So, I like that you say look for little signs. Uh, one of my good friends, Courtney, she always tells me that God sends you love notes. Yes. And so the love notes are the little signs that exactly. everything's going to be okay. And little guidance. Yes. That's really good. That is really good. That is a really good way to like have like a nice last word. I like mm-hmm. that. So thank you for being on the show. This has been tons of fun. Uh, don't forget to follow Chantel George at. Uh, well, my personal Instagram is Chantel Media, so C H A N T E L Media, and uh, my organization. If you're a woman of color in sales and you want to get connected, Sisters in Sales. So S I S T A S I N S A L E S. All right, that'll do it. Thank you for joining the conversation. To learn more about Currency Shift, go to currencyshiftnow.com. If you feel as though you fit the criteria as the first, the only, or the disruptive, send us an email, info at currencyshiftnow.com. Until next time, keep pushing, stay motivated, and stay encouraged.